Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. Clinging to the life raft of sanity by a single strand of reality. It's Thursday, April 2nd, 2009. This is no agenda. Burrow deep beneath the southwest quadrant of London in the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation East. I'm Adam Curry. And looking left, looking right, looking up, looking down in northern Silicon Valley. Still looking. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Rockin'. I love it when a show starts off like that. So you write some little ditty at the beginning of this thing, I notice. The opening, you mean? Yeah. Y- you've only noticed that now after 84 episodes? It's always a little different, so <laughs> I- I'm starting to notice it. <laughs> <laughs> You're an evil man. <laughs> what was this one? It was something that about... That is the definition of buzzkill, my friend. The stream, <laughs> a stream of reality or string of reality. It was pretty... I thought it was creative. Thank you. You should listen to the show once in a while. Or maybe even yeah. when, when I'm talking, you might consider... You know, your, your wife is so right. You are just rude. I'm not rude but I don't take. Least. But I don't take it I'm personally. Funny. I don't take it personally. Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, good morning, so, sir. Uh, so I understand from looking at, uh, well, not from looking at American news so much, but to, to give us a rundown on the riots that appear to be taking place <laughs> at, where they turned off all the cameras yeah. in this area of London because they didn't want to show the cops beating people up or they didn't want to show the rioters taking over. They just didn't want to show something. So we have the, the G20 taking place in town uh, yesterday and today. And uh, I wouldn't say riots so much as protests started taking place. Just, just to your point about the uh, CCTV cameras being shut down. The London, and these, this is hundreds of thousands of cameras that were turned off, but it was because of a legal ruling. Did you catch any of that? Yeah, something about that resolution was too low. Yeah. Well, no, 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 ah, 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 interesting. No one said the resolution was too low. It says that the CCTV network does not fully meet the resolution standards required. It's very possible they're too high resolution. <laughs> They don't want too much on the video cameras. You need to have a little bit of, you know, grainy look. Otherwise, uh, it doesn't look good on television. Oh, they never made it clear whether it's too high or too low. It's I, just not right. Yeah, I just that's a, the quote is the CCTV network does not fully meet the resolution standards required. Huh. So, never but, thought that may be too high. It doesn't sound right. Well, I've 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 been in uh, legal proceedings. A friend of mine, and they showed. Um, CCTV footage of in front of his club. Dude, this is pan, zoom, um, full color. I mean, this is not like you're, you know, frame by frame. It's full motion video and uh, with audio. And they use that in court cases. Which audio? Is yeah, audio, video, everything. You got a shotgun mic on that thing or something? It must be. It, it's definitely directional, but it works. You know, this is a, so the camera, the camera at my friend's club is across the street. And they just, and, and they show it in the courtroom, just zooming right in. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Get Mo Nation, baby. <laughs> That's really bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, we have 22 uh, pairs of leaders in town. Uh, of course, the uh, prime ministers and presidents, as well as financial uh, ministers or secretaries of treasury or central bankers, you know, basically the whole new world order has con- congealed on the city of London over in Docklands, actually. So um, it's not, uh, you know, it, it, it's not like there's any problems here, although the, we have been hearing the helicopters for the past uh, 48 hours pretty much nonstop. 
And uh, yesterday, the the protest started. It was fascinating, of course, to follow this on Twitter, um, because then it really comes through like almost like news. You want to follow the hashtag G20 and uh, G20 rally. And um, then you can, yeah, you can kind of get a good idea what's going on. That really, I would say riots, no. It was, first of all, it was, it was almost a festive mood. People were dressed up um, as uh, kind of like zombie bankers, a lot of uh, V for Vendetta masks floating around, some great pictures. The, the photographic material coming through on TwitPic, et cetera, is just awesome. There's some good links in the show notes uh, for today's program. Hmm. Um, and they, they, they kind of coordinated. They wanted to do the four, he, uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse. So they had four different um, parades, if you will, all coming together in, uh, in the city of London, in the financial district. And what the cops did is they kind of trapped them all in. So they came, you know, imagine an intersection, four horsemen of the apocalypse trying to meet in the middle. And the cops just pretty much surrounded them and just you know made them stay there and uh, hang out for a while. They did uh, trash RBS Bank, uh, broke in, uh, finally busted through a window, uh, and yeah, you know, took some computers and dumb shit like that. And a couple people got beat up. I'd have to say the police were reasonably tame, actually. Some guy died. Yeah, well, shit happens. But it wasn't because he was beat up. I don't think. So I don't think. The way they, the way the media was playing it, the BBC seemed to have it looking like an out and out, all hell's breaking, look r- r- loose riot. No, it's definitely See, not. Okay, well that's what kind of the way the American media had it, especially well, the uh, PBS. I have to say, Barack Obama said it best, and I do have some sound clips for later if you want to listen to him. Uh, he did a press conference with Gordon Brown, and he said, "Look," he said, "He said, look." These uh, these summits are uh, the people usually aren't that uh, compelling to look at. <laughs> Got a chuckle. He says the language is dry, so there's always a bit of drama being uh, being injected. Not that he was referring to the BBC or America showing this. Oh, protests and horrible. Um, no. How many protesters do you think there were in total? Um, they, PBS says four thousand. Oh, no, more than that. Oh, no, no, no. That's what I was thinking. I was no, looking no, no, at the no. pictures. Much, much, much more. No, I'd say closer to 40,000 would be accurate for yesterday. I'm not quite sure today. I did hear on uh, the No Agenda stream um, from the Real News that the, they had uh, torched the Bank of England. You know, And I, I don't even have to go look at the video to know that it's, yeah, someone lit a fire somewhere. It's it's not, the, the, new, the new media is totally totally looking for it to be pandemonium but it's really just not and i think it's because there are multiple groups you know no no one's really protesting for the same thing we've got the uh, climate campers so they come in and they pitch tents in the middle of the street and uh, they want you know better climate change protections then you have a lot of people saying um capitalism is dead so we're against capitalism and then others are still run, walking with the jobs, justice, climate uh, stuff. And there's some funny pictures. Uh, the one I liked the most was consumers suck. You know, it's like, what are we protesting here? <laughs> <laughs> consumers suck. I'm just not quite sure what it's supposed to be. <laughs> so, um, but what I have to say that um, just... Overall, very interesting things taking place uh, news-wise. The Guardian, the uh, communist uh, newspaper, uh, has, uh, amongst all of this, conveniently, 
with this um, uh, with the G20 summit has come out and said, we're going full 24-7 on Twitter. We're publishing all news on Twitter. You know, furthermore, just showing that they really don't understand what the wait, deal wait, is wait. with Twitter. I saw that article and thought it was an April Fool's gag. You're telling me it's not? You can't tell me that's for real. That's an April Fool's gag? No, they're, they're, they're publishing. I don't know if they're going to publish the whole newspaper on Twitter. That could be a gag. But they're at the, they're at the protest. They're Twittering their asses off. Let me look for that article. Maybe it was. Uh, maybe I got uh, fooled. You could have been. Because I looked at that and went, oh, this is bull. This is a guy, I was very dubious about doing a Tech 5 yesterday. In fact, I ran a I, – I, I, every year I do an April Fool's joke, and I was thinking I wasn't going to do one this year. But this year I did one by running last year's April 1st uh, Tech 5. What did you do? Didn't you do something last year? Didn't you I, have a- for, yeah, I've done – I can't remember. I've done so many of these gags. Um, that it's they're so you know, successful. I can't remember. No, no, some of them are very <laughs> successful. I have, I'm in the uh, hoax hall of fame, as a matter of fact, with one of them. We don't, but me- the, we don't remember last year. I'd have to think about it. It wasn't anything great. I mean, I haven't really done anything great for at least almost a decade in general, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think when I re- the one last year it was something I ran in the uh, PC magazine. It was a funny uh, column. I can't remember which what it was, but anyway, whatever it was, who cares? But I but I was so dubious yesterday of uh, of all these articles I'm looking at. I'm thinking this could be an April Fool's joke. This could be an April Fool's joke. This could be an April Fool. I mean, every piece of news. I'm, let me read. Like here, here's one. Did you see Google's? Uh, did you see Google's April Fool's joke? Yeah, you know I know I think their jokes are lame. Which one? They're did you so see? obvious. This is the, the, this the one about the autopilot. The, the artificial intelligence thing. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Like it is lame. Here's here's one. Uh, malicious virus. This is about Conficker. Malicious virus, quiet but attack may be in the works. That could be an April Fool's joke. Yeah, what, ha- what, happened, what happened with that? What happened to the whole Conficker thing? Didn't was that thing? Of course, is what it was going to happen. I think it's a dead worm. That's just floating around. I wonder what if it's an acronym or what it stands for. What does configure mean? I've I've always thought that something <laughs> the name must give some clue about what it's supposed to be, other than con you and ficker you. I don't know. There's just nothing's ever come out about it. And there's you know this April Fool's thing was the real was an actual there was a gag for you. Uh, and challenge here's a Wall Street Journal article which I don't think was April Fool's, but in challenge to Microsoft PC makers test laptops running Google software, that could be an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Microsoft to enable private clouds and Windows Server, that, that could, could be, be an April Fool's. You know, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> All of the mainstream news on any given day could be an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's what I was thinking yesterday. Now I'm worried you're sick because the problem with like these, these news uh, coverage operations like Google News, they run stuff that, you know, they run stuff that's three and four days old, three and four days later. So I wonder how much of the April Fool's stuff is going to sneak into the mainstream. Here's like here's a, a musicians Billy Bragg and Robin Gibb have joined forces with the record producer Pete Waterman, accusing Google of devaluing songwriters amid oh, a oh, row. Oh, that that's not an April Fool's joke. Okay, well, what is that? See, I, but it could be. Well, it's all these guys who uh, Cl- Cl- we call them Sir Cliffs. Cliff Richard has been a big proponent over here because these you know in the in Britain your copyright your ownership expires after 50 years 
So all these guys who had hits when they were teenagers, you know, like Cliff, 15, 16, now their shit's coming up and their copyright was expiring and they lobbied and they lobbied and they lobbied and of course they got it changed. Um, Just like uh, Sonny Bono did in the the U.S. with Disney. 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 According to uh, Unlucky Dip on Twitter, police are letting protesters through the cordon one by one. Each is photographed and filmed. Of course. What do you expect? Because the CCTV network's down, they got to do it uh, by hand. Huh. So, um, obviously, the big, big, big news here is not just the G20 summit, but President Obama being in town, visiting with not just the Prime Minister, but with uh, the Queen. Any, any, any news uh, about that in the States? That's all they're talking about. And what's, uh, what are they saying? There's, well, first they show a lot of uh, uh, photo ops. There's Obama with this guy. There's Obama with that guy. There's Obama <laughs> with the girl. There's Obama with, what's her name, from Germany. There's Obama. There's Obama. And, you know, and he's walking around with that smile and walking around. <laughs> then the main thing, they're starting to twist it very slowly toward Michelle. There's Michelle mania going on in London. <laughs> and they, they have all, I'm telling you. <laughs> Michelle mania. You know why? Because she, she touched the queen. She put her arm around the oh, queen. I looked my at that goodness. and went, oh, my God, I'm surprised they didn't shoot her. And, and, and the queen put her arm around her ankles. It was great. Great, great <laughs> shot. <laughs> Those two, the, the front page pictures today is like, you see, it's almost like a, a chart of the Dow Jones. Barack, queen, Michelle, Prince Philip is like up, down, up, down. It, it does it, <laughs> Give these people some apple crates, please. It, the, the, Barack Obama <laughs> is two times as tall as the queen. Yeah, well, so is Michelle. Uh, did, but any sound bites or anything? Because I, I have a couple things that I, I think would be kind of cool. I don't know. The sound bites, I think they're annoying. But the um, there was a, I mean, just mostly, you know, the same old like, thing like you mentioned earlier, just these clips, these little clips here and there. But mostly it was the talking heads of the media. I mean, and then what the thing that gets me, and I've always been like rolling my eyes over this, you know, the media is always moaning and groaning and trying to save money. We don't want a foreign correspondent. You know, meanwhile, Market Watch, you know, we have people everywhere around the world in true foreign correspondent fashion sitting there. So we have like Tom Bemis, who's one of my editors in London. That's where he lives. Mm-hmm. And they brought him on the BBC to do a little chat with him. But meanwhile, these big networks that are throwing money away, they, for example, what is the here's what the question I'm trying to get to. What is the point of sending Katie Couric, the anchor woman, to London to stand in front of one of the bridges on the river uh, to give a report from there. I, it's pointless. <laughs> because Don't then, they have somebody working the room? Oh, uh, there was such a great YouTube video I saw yesterday. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a BBC program, Screen Wipe, I think it's called, and it, it deals exactly with this question. And, of course, it's because otherwise it, the news is boring, and no one will watch it if it's not Katie Couric with her flamouche. Then who cares? Then why even bother? And then the other one was I was watching PBS. I was watching the uh, News Hour, which is a little more sedate and a little more in studio, a little more conversational, uh, and a little more in depth because it's an hour. And they decided to go big time, and they sent a, a Margaret Warnier or whatever her name is, this kind of uh, she's a good reporter, but she does she really has more of a face for radio. Oh. They sh- in the morning. Hey. 
They ship her. He- hello, oh. hello, pot kettle calling. <laughs> hey. So the they ship her. Yeah, yeah. They ship. They ship her over there. And by the way, if you notice, I'm on the radio now. <clears throat> Everybody. They ship her over to uh, London, to, and she's standing in front of the uh, Westminster Abbey or the Houses of Parliament. Is that where the action was? Uh, that's when, uh, yeah, I believe that's where the conference was held. On, on that green piece of grass, because it's funny, it, you know, if you drive by there, and I've driven by there, by there many times just around uh, evening news time, you see 10 crews set up all next to each other, all doing the same shot from that little patch of grass with the... With the Abbey in the background. Or this is Whitehall. the redundancy of the news coverage, which oh, is, again, one yeah. of the reasons that news media is suffering. They don't even get it. It's shucking. Uh, so, so I don't see why they spent the money. It just seems like a waste of money. I mean, don't they have correspondents that work there all the time? Apparently not. And if they're going to send somebody over there, why don't they send a local expert but, or bring a but, or uh, use a stringer? John, or do but John, when it, when it comes to mainstream network news, NBC, CBS, ABC, those, those guys, you know, they're making money on those shows. It's, you know, I know, so, but they're still pulling their foreign correspondents out of the field and doing all this other stuff and doing these gimmicky things where well, they'll send yeah, they're all, the anchor man. Well, they had, what is the anchor man doing in London? He's supposed to be the anchor man. <laughs> He's not supposed to be a loose cannon. Well, because they expected huge riots and everything to be on fire. And uh, didn't they have fly? Did, she, did uh, Katie Cork have a flak jacket on while she was in the streets of London? Didn't she have some oh, camouflage? She was she dressed down, bundled up. <laughs> Jamie Oliver, of course, uh, uh, cooked for uh, all the dignitaries last night. Oh, well, that's a shame. Why don't they get somebody who knows how to cook? <laughs> In the morning. <laughs> during, uh, during the press conference, uh, this is very funny. And I, I, know, I hope to God, they didn't even show it properly on the, on the British news. So th- uh, they took about, you know, one of those side-by-side things, and they, um, and they took about six questions uh, it was very, very funny. The first one out of the gate was awesome. Let's uh, have a little listen here. Q track. Thank, thank you very much. I said to Barack I was going to introduce him to my friends in the British uh, media. Uh, Nick. <clears throat> Prime Minister, thank you very much indeed. Nick Robinson, BBC News. A question for you both, if I may. The Prime Minister has repeatedly blamed the United States of America for causing this crisis. France and Germany blame both Britain and America for causing this crisis. Who is right? And isn't the debate about that at the heart of the debate about what to do now? I love that. Out of the gate. (laughs) Right. Slam the host. My friends from the British press, kabang! So, um, of course, uh, the president didn't answer the question, but I'll just let you hear a little bit of the uh, of his stammering. It's kind of funny. I, I would say that... Uh, <laughs> think, think, think. If you look at... <laughs> no prompter. The sources uh, oh, no. of this crisis. See, and now he's going, the, uh, the sources of this crisis. Oh, jeez. Um... Well, you know, the uh, so the one thing, I mean, I, we don't want to beat this up because it's kind of dull, like you said, but I noticed that they, Sarkozy was supposed to, like, walk out on the thing, but he didn't, and he showed up, and then they, he gave us a little talk with that German Merkel. woman, his counterpart. Well, they, they, had, they had the alternative press conference, which was so downscale, it, was, it, was, it looked like community theater, <laughs> and they had a little crappy-ass podium, 
and uh, you know, just a, a re- looked really warm in there and kind of smoky. And um, yeah, Sarkozy is is totally playing up and playing the big man. Yeah, and he's the first thing he does is he blames the uh, blames the U.S. for everything. For starting it, yeah. He's supposed to be our friend, you know, when he first got in, right? And then, um, and then the, the way everyone's analyzing the whole thing is that the U.S. is trying to do uh, fix the problem with stimulus, and they made it clear that both France and Germany specifically. They would think the problem can be fixed with regulation, and right. so they're going to like crank up their regulation machine. And in Germany, the regulation machine is already cranked up to an extreme with ridiculous rules and regulations about how, when you can fire somebody. Yeah, and the French aren't much better. And uh, it, it's going to be uh, regulation is going to uh, you watch regulation if you reinterpret if you look at it and you break it down and you deconstruct you're going to find that it's just a form of protectionism, which is what these guys are supposed to be against. Well, it's. It, it's it's very apparent that there is a major rift between um, the U.S. and Britain. Uh, Gordon Brown will do anything Barack Obama says. And uh, the rest of Europe, which is indeed categorized by the two countries that have most of the say, which is uh, Germany and France. And they are adamantly against more stimulus or stimuli because it's, uh, it would include everybody. Um, and, of course... If you, and I watched all of these uh, speeches and conferences, and uh, our president is saying, "Hey, you know, look, we're, look, we're uh, we're really doing uh, we're doing everything here. I even put more money on the table before I even came. What are you guys doing?" And Gordon Brown last night said uh, the following. Let, let me also add that I'm confident that uh, President Sarkozy will not only be here for the first course of our dinner, but will still be sitting as we complete our dinner this evening. <laughs> And uh, I think, as uh, President Obama has said, look, never before uh, has He's the world come together too. in look, this way to look. deal with an economic crisis. Any of the crises that we've seen since the Second World War, uh, you have comes. not had this level of international cooperation. Uh, and never before has the world come together with so many countries represented from so many, so many different continents to address this crisis. So we have China, we have India, we have Argentina, Brazil, we have South Africa, we have Russia, as well as uh, Europe uh, and America and, and Japan. Uh, and uh, we are within uh, a few hours, I think, of agreeing a global plan for, for economic recovery and, and reform. Okay, so that was last night, and of course, everyone, the news has been all over it, wondering what kind of watch he has, you know, how, how many more hours is just a few. And I was, <laughs> I was just watching, uh, it seems like there's a, quote, substantial agreement on fiscal stimuli worldwide on the table but they're not going to announce or make any decisions because they are going they've agreed to hold another G20 summit where they're going to review all decisions before moving ahead and gordon brown now also saying save and create jobs amazing how that's uh, taken over he said uh, 5 trillion dollars will be injected into world economies this year the uk has apparently pledged 1 trillion dollars in sdrs to the imf now, it seems pretty clear that uh, this is uh, an economic hit job, and it's all just coming down. Well, it sounds as though uh, there's, there's a couple of the, – the, the, the thing that's interesting to me is that there's two basic theories that are still floating around out there about what to do. Yeah, one, right. one is regulation and, and, uh, and, and the other – well, actually, there's three. One is regulation, two is more fiscal stimulus, and the third is uh, kill off the population. 
<laughs> which, I, which I'm st- I don't think yeah, Queen yeah. Uh, Elizabeth and Prince Philip have given up on that one yet. <laughs> well, well, that's because they're royalty. But anyway, so um, <laughs> it seems to me that you know there's there's this there's the one variable, the one missing element that always has to be considered, which is I think why he's, Gordon Brown is amongst those uh, backing the stimulus idea. Is there's this. There has to be this fear, especially amongst these, uh, you know, the Germans, the French, the Italians, everybody, that what happens if the United States proceeds with with this concept, and we decide not to, and then when things sna- snap exactly. straight, Them, they're in great shape and we're, we're screwed. screwed. Yep. Because, you know, it's happened in the past where we're in great shape and everybody else is screwed. It's kind of like a, it's a fractal. Fractal. There you go. (laughs) It's a repeat, everybody. And now, back to real news. John, I'm I'm distraught. Have you heard the real news? No, what? The long-running soap opera Guiding Light is going to cease. Oh, yeah, I heard that. It's a travesty. I think it's been a dead uh, soap opera for some time. <laughs> of course, but that's the top of the news, along with what you sent me. That was a, f- you know, this pisses me off. This really makes me angry. Mm. From the New York Post. Does it make you so angry you can spit? Jim Clark. Yeah, did you see that? Did you oh, see that picture of that? Screw this wife? guy. I hate this guy now. <laughs> I hate him. Hate, hate, hate him. Jim Clark, who you probably know as the guy who has a yacht that was way too big and ran on computers. And of no, course, no, you, no, the computer yacht, that, that's not Jim Clark's no, yacht. No, no, Jim Clark had this, had also had a completely computerized sailing yacht, absolutely. No, 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 yes. no, that's, what's, that's what Perkins over here, he, Kleiner Perkins. No, 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 don't make me look it up. Jim Clark had also has like something that runs on Sun Microsystems crap. I'm sure that wasn't Perkins. Well, regardless, is the one who's good. Well, whatever. Well, regardless, regardless, he Netscape. That's he's what got he a hundred footer. He's got, his is like a hundred. He has a hundred hundred million dollar yacht. Okay. Yeah. Or no, it's not a hundred footers bigger, but yeah, it's a hundred million. That's where the hundred comes from. He is marrying swimsuit model. What's her name? Christy Hines. I hate or this Hines. guy. Hines. Who cares? I'm just saying. Well, you apparently do. Oh, no, who cares what her name is? Oh, of course she is. Just look at her. Holy moly. He's like 67. We have this. (laughs) This is good news for all men. He looks, he doesn't look bad for 67, I'll say. Yeah, I didn't know. know, Give him three years, you know, and then she'll be looking. Her eyes will start to stray. Her eyes are straying already. (laughs) Just (laughs) cross eyed. Uh, no, that picture that was in the post was just precious. It was like, it wow. Is, it is. You just you just go, I hate you. you, just, you well, can't that, but, yeah, but you also take, you'd look at that and you go, well, you, there's a number of, you know, captions for the gold digger would be one of them. But yeah, expensive yeah. wife. I mean. <laughs> a wife 3.0 in his case. It, it, no, it's 4.0. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's wife 4.0, and she doesn't look like a cheap woman in terms of uh, – I mean, the dress she's wearing looks like it cost a fortune. But of course, if he's got a billion bucks, it's going to take. It would take anybody, even a, an expensive wife, to spend that fast enough. Although it looks to me as though she would have the chops to do it. I'd just like to add one more, uh, one more story here to our real news corner. 
Because you'll be hearing about this at the top of the news, everybody. Miss Universe describes Guantanamo Bay as relaxing and calm after visit to detainee camps. <laughs> what? <laughs> Miss Universe, uh, who is from uh, Venezuela, Diana Mendoza. Uh, she uh, went there and she said, hey, the waters surrounding the facility at the center of the allegations of human rights abuses, they are so beautiful. <laughs> they, they sent her to Gitmo on vacation <laughs> to roll <laughs> out this talking. bogus story. It is, oh, that is I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm impressed. And now, back to real news. So back to real news, by the way, I have a, uh, a complaint. Uh-oh. So, so I go to, uh, I noticed, and I didn't realize that this is a, an ongoing complaint. I, I noticed it the other day. So I'm at uh, Monterey Foods buying vegetables, mm-hmm. and, which is a, a green grocer, and it's a good one. And um, I'm in there, and it's, of course, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, in Berkeley, so it's like at a Berkeley style of customer. In other words, people that look like they're just about to die. <laughs> Some, were any in the uh, in the PETA? Um, they're all in prettiest. the PETA camp, and <laughs> many many of them, you know. Are, so they're keeling uh, over. They're they're holding on to their Zimmer frames. <laughs> so that's just like a horrible group of you know. They're in uh, so much trouble. Every once in a while, I've seen a some like a, a you know a younger woman that maybe just moved into the area, and she goes into uh, Monterey Foods with her makeup on uh-huh. because you know she's going shopping and she feels obliged because maybe she's from the Midwest or Texas, where she feels obliged to actually look presentable in public as opposed to wearing baggy ass crap and maybe hair and gobs of with gobs of goo like dog shit kind of in it. <laughs> And, uh, you know, with, you know, it's, I'm telling you, I'm just describing the scene so you can get a feeling for I'm it. I'm with you. I'm, I'm smelling the dog shit. And so uh, you see these women that come in, they're made up, and they walk in, and they, they take one look around, they stop, like, like they hit a brick wall right at the entrance. And they, 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 you see them, boom, they hit this brick wall, and then they freeze, and you see their eyes going back and forth and back and forth, and then they slowly walk backwards back into the parking lot. Never really Wrong store. I have seen it's like going into a gay bar. It's like, this isn't right. Oops. Uh, Just can I have my coat back? There used to, this happened, we had a, when I was in, I think it was just in college or something, we were floating around doing bar hopping and there there used to be this place I realized it was a gay bar called Mike's, I think it was called Mike's Pool Hall, Hall, and it was in San Francisco in the North Beach area. And there was like three or four of us, we did that exact same thing. We walked in and we just hit this brick wall. It was just like a whole, like 500 guys turned around and looked at you when you came in. It was like, what? Oh, oops. And then we slowly walked backwards. Okay, so I'm at the Monterey Foods. And I'm uh, trying to, you know, check out. And there is, uh, the line is held up. Because apparently, there was some kind of a middle-aged, gray-haired, frumpy woman that was grousing. Because she had brought her canvas bags and they had mistakenly packed the vegetables into a sack, a normal paper. Oh, no, the horrors of it. It was, it was, it, she said to stop the presses. They had to <laughs> Let me see the, your supervisor. <laughs> they had to unpack the paper bag as they repacked it into her beat up old dirty canvas bags that look like they haven't been washed for like 
a year at least. And, you know, so I realized that these, you know, there's this trend. It's actually died off a little bit, but it, there was a trend for a while where it was cool to have a canvas bag that you drag to the store. Mm. And I know in Europe this is always promoted because they charge you like a nickel for the bags there. Yeah, they, they do it uh, at Sainsbury. Yeah, they well, and all throughout France, I know that you have to pay for the bag. It's kind of like yep. it's very confusing to people who aren't used to paying for a bag that costs like point one one, point oh zero 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 one cents of worth of plastic. Oh yeah, but okay, whatever. Anyway, so she, uh, but I re- there was this trend for a while, and people were having these, and so everyone had these, you know, these these grimy old canvas bags, which didn't, you know, they they didn't really hold that much, as a matter of fact. And uh, I don't know, it was just galling to me having to sit there while she was uh, making all these demands on the staff. Well, you're not so, as pissed off as I thought you might be about that. Well, you know, I I shouldn't have calmed down. Well, I, w- I will. It a few days ago, I will tap into. Uh... Into your feelings there. Uh, there were almost 3,000 news stories I saw on Google News. Uh, did you see this res- report from AARP? And you had already called this. You talked about the meat issue. So this uh, new report, of course, is a total hack job. Study finds red meat may be deadly. <laughs> That's killing us. <laughs> You're it's going deadly. to die. So uh, why are they giving? Why are they telling all the AARP people this? Because they're the ones who've been eating raw or uh, red meat for all these years, and they're alive, and they're in the. In fact, they're old enough to be in the AARP. There you go. Case in point. So what's wrong with this picture? For real. Well, that's it. No, of course not. Uh, I, I, I think got... you could, if you wanted to, just do we do a whole show on how deadly meat is? <laughs> it's how how it's going to kill you. Oh, I do want to give you an update on a uh, little aviation update. You remember that uh, Pilatus PC twelve that had uh, thirty nine people on board uh, that uh, that crashed. Of course, all perished. It was really sad. Actually, it was about uh, was it fourteen? Too many passengers. I, I did. Um, I did check around on this, and two things of interest. One is that uh, even though uh, technically, depending on the age, not legal to have that many passengers, as long as the weight and balance was in check, then it should have been okay. There seems to be an issue with um, the Pilatus, uh, and uh, as well as the uh, what is it? The uh, the TBM. A couple of these French planes. A lot of them have uh, massive engine failures, failures on a short final, and that's essentially what this looked like. But, but here's the, the craziest thing about this crash. The, um, uh, on board were two daughters of Irving Bud Fellcamp, and he is uh, the owner of a prominent California uh, abortion clinic. And so to know that this plane crashed into a cemetery at the uh, Catholic Holy Cross Cemetery right into the memorial called the Tomb of the Unborn. Wow. How crazy is that? Sounds planned. Uh, I'm glad you said it. But uh, Yeah, well, so- <laughs> you should be. <laughs> but uh, that just, I'm like, whoa. You know, is that... <laughs> What is up with that? What kind of message is being sent there? Yeah, who's sending it? That's pretty, so, pretty uh, heavy. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I, if true, 
Oh, no. Well, what? <laughs> Please. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, do we know for a fact that it hit that, that headstone? Or yeah, was that head... yeah. So just basically in there somewhere. Yeah, it's embedded. <laughs> it's just stuck it's in just there. Just stuck into the tomb of the unknown. Shadow Puppet Theater. Yes, Health and Human Services nominee Kathleen Sebelius has a tax problem. <laughs> Everybody seems to. Uh, she's gone back and corrected three years of tax returns and paid more than $7,000 in back taxes after finding unintentional errors. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. I would say that uh, wouldn't you think that there'd be a fine involved or a penalty? Oh, no, that's only if you're a schmuck like us, John. Only that. You know, a lot of people emailed me and said, you know, I had no idea because I, I talked about um, the IRS and that they have guns. And people even went so far as to look up the um, uh, some of the statutes for uh, for the IRS. And, you know, there is a whole paragraph in there about uh, guns. And <laughs> people don't understand the IRS is probably more powerful than the DEA in the United States and they're armed and they convict you by by fining you garnering wages doing all kinds of trickery taking money out of your bank I've actually seen that happen take it out of your bank account put it in theirs until you prove that you didn't do something wrong you have to prove your innocence it is the most un-American undemocratic institution in the world and I'm not afraid to say it because they've already screwed with me so many times there's nothing left to screw You'll be getting a call. No, man. I so, was smart. Uh, I was smart. After after I learned out, learned out. After I found out what the uh, what the IRS can do, my wife got everything. I gave it all to her. So here you go, honey. I want nothing. That's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, for the uh, tip for you out there who might be audited, what the IRS guys don't like to see because they figure that you're over prepared. Is you, uh, you when you bring out your folders and files, you have a million little a million little tabs on everything. Oh, really? They don't like that, yeah. huh? No, because obviously you're like a nut job. I've even heard that if you call the IRS and they pull up your name on screen, and so I can't remember where I read this or heard this, that if they see that the government actually owes you money, they're instructed not to tell you. <laughs> So, hey, Mr. Dvorak, we see that you actually, we owe you $3,000. Where would you like us to send the check? No, they're not allowed to say that, hmm. even if they had you ask on them? the phone. Should you ask them when you're on the phone with them? Just say, hey, yeah, do I, did you guys Most people don't know. I, you'd be surprised how many people don't even know that. I didn't know that. Who would know it? Why would anybody no, 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 know no, that? No, 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 no. Would people there. know that you have t uh, taxes coming back to you? Oh, no, I think everybody knows that. Uh, Bloomberg wrote Stay a... Could go. I was going to say Bloomberg wrote a, a great article that'll be in the show notes, um, and they have cal they calculate the financial rescue now. Don't believe the numbers you're being told. Twelve point eight trillion dollars in funds given, or lent, or guaranteed. Uh, granted, uh, probably two thirds of that is in guarantees. But if all that shit fails, that is our entire th that's our entire GDP. That's what we do in a year, isn't it? Twelve, fourteen trillion, something like that. I'll tell you, they still need. There's just about halfway to what they really need, which is going to be about thirty-five trillion. And I'll explain that someday. Now, back to real news. <laughs> You're going to leave me hanging, huh? And now back to real news. 
So they threw out the case against Ted Stevens and told him to go home. Yeah, what was that about? This is this is the um, first of all. This was the guy who was caught uh, supposedly soliciting sex in the bathroom stall. No, Ted Stevens is the inner tube Webby's guy from Alaska, who is who's the eighty-five year old guy oh, who went on with it. Yeah, and right. it's not a bunch of trucks; it's a, it's bunch, a bunch of, of tubes. tubes. Yeah, right. And and it was because he had a contractor do shit yeah, on his he house. Yeah, he was getting a lot of gifts and other things. I mean, he was he was on the he Wait, was so on he the, got uh, off. Hundred percent from because of prosecutor. It was a almost oh, through procedural the procedural error. Jail. No, no, it's prosecutor. Tutorial abuse. They weren't uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, you're supposed to, uh, when you do discovery and you find something that the, that the defense can use, you're supposed to give it to them. And they weren't doing that, among other things. And in fact, the entire Office of Public Integrity, who was pushing the case, got, you know, reamed by the new attorney general, that guy, the new guy, who's supposed to be, you know, he's a tough guy. Holger? And he's. Holger? Yeah, and he doesn't want to put up with any of this kind of crap. This, and so now I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wasn't Stevens, who's a Republican, put into get, get put into a bind by the Bush administration? There's something else. There's a missing piece to this puzzle. I agree. And it's just a matter of time before we figure it out. But why would the Democrats let Stevens go, who's a Republican, when they could embarrass him, and uh, instead embarrass the uh, all these attorneys, I guess, mm -hmm. which, who are, might be Republicans? But what were they doing prosecuting Stevens in a, in, a, in an ill manner? I mean, it wasn't as though they were acting like Republicans trying to protect Republicans. They were, you know, reaming the guy. So there's something screwy about that story. Well, you presume that uh, look, they all work for the for the same people at the end of the day. When oh, well, that was amazing to see um President Obama and uh the first lady were at uh, 10 Downing Street in the morning. <laughs> Shit. In the morning. And uh so you know you saw the handshake and everything and then Hillary Clinton goes over to uh, the president and he and he's like real. I mean, look, Michelle is 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 hugging the queen. Everyone's lovey dovey and Gordo, my buddy, and shoulder slapping. And Clinton comes over and and it, it was like Barack Obama worked for her. How you? Good morning. And he shake shook her hand. No no hugs. No shoulder. No, no very formal. It was astounding to see. Just astounding. What do you think that means? Well, it means of course the Clintons and Bushes are still running the show. Hey, are you clicking a lighter? No, it's cool. a ballpoint pen. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like so, you. Some great uh, great audio surfaced uh, from a um, a guy who was returning from the can one of the Campaign for Liberty regional events. Have you heard this? He was the, he was detained by the TSA for I'm sorry, the campaign for what? Campaign for Liberty. It's a uh, Ron Paul uh, oh, Ron Paul. As okay. you know, of course, the MIAC report came out and told uh, police departments, uh, oh, you know, if anyone is uh, has Ron Paul literature, they're probably a terrorist. Got to watch out for him. So this guy had, uh, he had just been to this campaign for liberty, and he'd sold, sold T-shirts and stuff like that. And so he had $4,700 on him. And yeah. and they stop him, and they and they take him for questioning about why why does he have so much money on him. And do you want to hear how egregious this is? Because he recorded yeah, it. Yeah, well, obviously, everybody's on pins and needles. Let's do it. Yeah, he had a little recorder with him. What do you do for a little? Is that relevant, sir? Yes, it is. Uh, am I legally required to tell you that? Well, I'll tell you what. Go kick the plate. 
Uh, you may not be legally required to tell me that, but you will be legally required to tell the police officer who's a talk. Can you can you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You okay. Okay. I'm just trying to ask some questions to figure out what all this is about, so I can get you on your plane. But you won't play smart, and I'm not going to play your game. How much money is it? I don't know the exact amount, sir. I mean, the card says about forty-seven hundred dollars. Forty-seven hundred dollars, yes, sir. Why do you have all this money? I, I, I asked her, sir, if I'm I required by law to answer the question. That's my. I'm just asking you why you have forty-seven dollars. I understand. That's my question. I don't understand. Do you want, do you want to talk to the DEA, bud? Do you hear that? Do you want to talk to the DEA, bud? You better tell us why you have that money. Why do you have that money, huh? <laughs> what? You don't understand the question? A lot of people don't realize that the DEA has been, you know, they pull, they can pull somebody over in their car, and then if they have more than a couple hundred bucks on them, they just can take the money. Take the money, yeah. It's just assumed that if you have more than a couple hundred dollars, you're a drug, drug dealer. Money. You're a drug dealer. No problem. If they can tell me if I'm required to answer the law or question, I'll answer the question. That's I'm just asking, looking for a simple, a simple question. question. I just want to know why you have forty-seven dollars. That's not an unusual thing. I care if I need fifty bucks. With he refuses to answer any questions. He don't. He don't want to answer. So we I mean, we gonna have to take him down to the yeah. station. We're gonna have to take you downtown, son. We're gonna take you downtown. If you don't answer the question, you've got to submit to us. I mean, that's the DEA, DEA, FBI, and, and all, all people talk to him. Every one of them. So we I mean, can do that. How old are you, Dad? What's your deal, sir? I'm 25, sir. You answered that question, didn't well, you? Oh, you answered that question. Why didn't you answer why you had the money, huh? Oh, my driver's license, okay. sir. So, I mean, I can count that money. I can find out how much it is. It's right in front of me. So, you know, and I don't know why you have that much money. That's why I want to know. Yeah, he started this out there when I was trying to get it. Anyway. Oh, shit. There's the handyman. Hum for free for a few seconds, John. Let me open the door for him. The handyman is now appearing at Adam Curry's Manor. Uh, to fix something because he lives in an old place. Yeah, no worries. And uh, now he's having small talk with the guy. Yeah. So he'll be walking back as he as he returns. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And there's the dog. It's another uh, Shelley Winters moment, whatever you called it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he only he so speaks what, Dutch. You got any more tape? Yeah, you want to hear more? I got more of it. Yeah, no, I love this stuff. It's so he recorded this on his phone, and I think he's saying the right thing. Like, I, I'm not. Oh, he recorded it on his phone. Yeah, yeah, he he just kind of like did one of those. Only holds about two minutes at a pop. Is that no? That's not true. The Nokia can do it. Can record until your memory's full. Oh, okay. With with one touch of the button, so uh, we can listen to a little bit more. I, I think he's saying the right thing though by saying, "Hey, man, look, uh, you know." But listen how they're triple teaming him. To, you know, and they're threatening him. And then cleared so he could make his flight. And I said, okay, we'll go in here. He started playing this game again. I said, I'm done with it. So. I'm not. I've been completely cooperative, sir. I'm not playing any games. You're not cooperative. You're going to ask the question. I'm simply asking you're if I'm. Refusing to ask the question. If you have nothing to hide, then you can just tell us what it's for. Oh, I mean, my favorite. If you have nothing to hide, then you can just tell us what it's for. you got nothing to hide, slave. I, simply, just, they're gonna, you're going to have to have proof of, of why you had that much money anyway. For, for, you're going to have to provide proof of why you had that much money anyway? What is that all about? What's that? You know, it's, it's legal to leave and enter the United States of America with $10,000 without declaring it. And as you know, since we've discussed this before, you could actually leave. And people don't know this. So how much? Because I got a note from somebody asking me this the other day. You can walk out of the United States with $50,000 in cash if you want to. You just have to fill out a form to tell somebody that you got that much. But if you had $9,999 in your wallet, 
It's totally it's legal. legal to walk in and out of the United States, let alone fly in from Cleveland. So to say that you have to explain $4,700 is a blatant lie. And, and it's egregious. It's just it's, it's, it's police state and brutality. And they, these guys should be suspended without pay or whatever. I mean, just fucking TSA, man. TSA. Yeah, right. Exactly. Promotions are in order. I understand, sir. If I'm required by law, I'll be happy to answer your questions. I don't understand the law. Are you from this planet? I mean, do you, do you understand the question? <laughs> no, I hope they ask me that one day. Are you from this planet? <laughs> You'll I have said, to stop and think about that one. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, okay, why can't you just answer the question? Am I required by law to answer what? See, man, you, 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 act, no, you act, act like a child. Like no, no, I don't know. understand the law. You act like a, you act like a child. Well, this is confusing to me, so we're going to take the station and maybe... We're going to take you downtown. Where am I being taken to? You're going to the police station. The police station? Yeah. Okay. You can't answer any questions, but we don't know what's going on. Am I being forced to go to the police station? Come on, man, let's just go to the police station. Am I being taken or am I free to go? You were going, we're going to take you. You were going, going to the police station, yes. Am I free if to you, go? If you, if you want to, whatever you want to call it, we're going to the police station. Am I... What's it saying there? You know, we're it's a semantics here. We're just going to go to the station. Okay. You're not Keep answering questions. You're suspicious. Okay. <laughs> You're suspicious. You're suspicious. It's really suspicious right here. Me. Just from your answers. Mm -hmm. That's why we're going to the station. Am I being forced to the station? You will be. You don't walk out the station. You're going to the station. You'll be forced. Okay. That's fine. That's yeah. I understand. You're, you're going to be going to the station. Now, do we have to put you in handcuffs or will we have a problem? Oh, so we're going to put you in handcuffs. Yes. Okay. That's fine, sir. I don't understand the law. I'm happy to go. We're going to help you understand if you don't. We're going to help you understand the law. I can't, I just, it blows my mind. And this is always what I've thought about these guys, you know, that they're a bunch of little fucking fascist Nazis who have some power. They're, they're, and not, they're not trained well enough to be doing this job. They're not necessarily that bright. And they think that they have more powers than they do, and they abuse them because of that, that, uh, that thought and, alone. And, and, and because they now have real badges. So that gives them a little bit Which more. Which was a huge mistake. Yep. And uh, yeah, how long until they get guns? That's all we got to wait for. Hold on. Schwaber! So what was that outburst? I'm telling the dog to be quiet. That works? I couldn't even hear the dog. I could hear you. Well, it worked, didn't it? You like it. You remind me of a southern mom <laughs> screaming for her kids at the back porch. <laughs> My parents used to have a whistle. They had a bosun whistle when I was a kid. And it would literally... We had a kid in our neighborhood. They had a, Some woman had a big bell. <laughs> no, I had the bosun whistle. She'd, she'd ring this bell, ding, 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 and the kids would come scampering. Uh, it was very annoying. I wonder if uh, if I can find a bosun. How do you spell bosun? Is it I-N? I think it's B-O-S-O-N, isn't it? B O S O N or B O S U N? Google says B O S U N. Yeah, let me see if. Uh, Sun. Boson. Oh, shit. Yeah, get a boson whistle. Yeah, That's what you need. Yeah. It's so hard to find. You know, I've, I've noticed this as I've been putting together our uh, re re request and dedication twap, is what I'm calling it. It's a twap. A Twitter app is a twap. I'm coining that, if you don't mind. Um, so the way it works is. It does. It's not public yet. It only works on direct messages from me. You send off uh, an album slash artist, 
And then uh, once the requests are compiled, it plays it and actually will say, you know, Adam Curry requested and then fill in the blank. And what the system does, which is cool, and it'll probably go live for everyone who listens to the No Agenda stream next week, is it, it searches for this stuff out on the Internet. So what you get back uh, can, be, <laughs> can be very interesting, to say the least. Sometimes you get the completely wrong, wrong piece back. In other back. words, it's not foolproof. Well, it's not about being foolproof. It's about cool. First, I can, no one can have a library that can encompass anything everyone wants, so that's the Internet. Um, you know, so but, let's but see. stuff is mislabeled. But you sometimes you get a live version you never heard before. Sometimes it'll be a cover version. It's uh, it's fun. Turn on your headphones or your speaker a bit if you don't mind. I think there it is. At this time at the uh, what? Hold on, that was at the fifty-seven minute mark. Usually when I say it. So uh, yeah, well I, I I wonder if it can track down some old. Uh, Noel Coward monologues. Noel Coward. So, uh, humming, hummingbirds are interesting. <laughs> so here's a... And now, back to real news. Hummingbirds are interesting. So I got a bunch of hummingbirds around here. And they, they their sound, by the way, is this. You know, that's that, the that's sound. The sound? Yeah, so they make that sound. Why, they, why don't they call them clacking birds then? <laughs> anyway, so uh, they fly, they're frightening. Little bitty bird. The things will come up and they'll, they'll just they'll be zooming around. And for one thing, they're, they're just faster, just amazing. But so once in a while, this one likes to zoom right in front of you about two feet in front of your face. Oh, scary, yeah. And stand there or, you know, hover there, just frozen staring at you. Like, you know that if he made a move for your eyeballs, he'd be faster than you could block him. <laughs> That they're tiny, aren't they? Aren't they little, little itty bitty things? Yeah, they're about two, three inches long, maybe three at the most. And uh, they're very pretty. They're all, they're electroluminescent colored, and you know they jerk. They just fly, and they they don't fly in a straight pattern. I've never seen one caught by a uh, a predator bird. Our square here is so wonderful. You know, right smack in the in the heart of Southwest London. And there's so many birds. I'm often editing until 3 or 4 in the morning. And, and you can tell when it's about 3.30, that's when just tons of birds. Are going, it's so loud outside. It's amazing. Yeah, they wake up. But yeah. it's beautiful. You know, right in the middle of the city, and we've got the the blossoms are now out. It's, it's just fantastic I just, weather. I always used to joke in Sao Paulo when I used to visit uh, down there more often because uh, I'd go there because I write for a magazine down there. And I, I, first thing I noticed about Sao Paulo is there's no birds really? <laughs> at all within 100 miles of the place. Hmm. Uh, I did see some birds recently, but nothing like you know running into these enclaves like you have there. You got lucky. Yeah. Well, hopefully one day you'll see it. Okay, the next little tidbit I have on my list is that honey's being contaminated with uh, uh, high fructose corn syrup? Ugh. Well, the, which, which, honey, which honey is it? I mean, not well. That's the problem. You can you can't tell, but but there's a couple of earmarks that are interesting. 
Uh, one of them is, and it reminds me of something somebody told me once about uh, Heinz ketchup in the plastic bottle, which is also filled with high fructose corn syrup. Um, yes, ton, okay. tons of it. I've, I've noticed that, yeah. Occasionally, if you you can get an organic version of Heinz ketchup, which is made, ironically enough, in Canada and imported into the U.S. because apparently we're too stupid to be able to make it ourselves. And the and the uh, organic version is, which has got a green label, is kind of cute. It's about the same price, but it's made with sugar instead of the old-fashioned ketchup way, rather than high fructose corn syrup. Well, sometimes with the high fructose corn syrup ketchup. When you dump it out, if you don't shake it, you get a bunch of water, it looks like. But that's the corn syrup. It really doesn't like to mix with things. Well, so, so can you just shake it out then and live? Well, I think it would take you forever. You may squeeze out the corn syrup and then uh, squeeze yeah. out the ketchup. It's yeah. just still mixed in. Maybe just make your own ketchup. Maybe that's better. You know, I have to, you know, to be honest about it, I've tried it. I have never been successful. It's very difficult to do. You need big cookers, and it's mm. it's kind of a steam pressure cook kind really? of a thing. Really? Yeah, it used to be when I was an air pollution inspector. <laughs> every time I do this, somebody tweets, this guy's been doing too many things. <laughs> I used to inspect the Del Monte ketchup factory. John, and, is this an April Fool's joke? <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> and I, I saw you, him making You used ketchup. to inspect the ketchup factory. Yeah, because it was a, possibly a polluter. And... Uh, and it stunk up the neighborhood, I can assure but did you. They, that. they didn't have uh, high fructose corn syrup then, did they? No, no. They would shovel in. Uh, uh, literally, there's just the things. Here's what here I'll describe a, a ketchup maker. It looks something like a large uh, cement mixer, only stainless steel. And it's kind of at an angle, just like a cement mixer would be. And there's a big hole in the thing that they flap that opens up, and they throw in these tomatoes, tons of them. And then they take a shovel and they shovel sugar in as though they're firing a coal fired uh, locomotive. Cool. And then they crank this thing up to some high temperature, and then they wrote, you know, they mix up the, uh, I forgot if there's impellers inside or if the thing t- turns, I'm not, I don't remember. But whatever the case is, it makes this, it takes a long time, and it makes this ketchup. And uh, I, it's just not possible to make this sort of, a lot of condiments really are not easy to make at home, like uh, Tabasco sauce would be another example. Anyway. What, what is the main so, ingredient of uh, Tabasco sauce? Uh, the Tabasco pepper. Okay. It's like a KN only, but different. it's still hard to do because of what you, the, you don't you don't have the equipment at home or I don't know. But for one thing, the process is very screwy, and they also barrel age the stuff. Mm. And I even if you look at other competitive sauces like Tabasco, you won't find any that have that aroma. You know, the thing is a pungent, like you know, essentially the aroma. I think does you know is the most interesting thing about Tabasco. Tabasco sauce is probably one of the greatest single condiments. In the world, it's unbelievable product. I, I'm always astonished when I because it's so cheap. Every time I get have Tabasco sauce, I actually think about, wow, it's amazing that this exists. So now the high fructose corn syrup is mixed into the honey, but I presume if you're getting the organic natural stuff, that you're in the clear. You'd think. <laughs> But you can't, you can't be sure because there's, except for Germany, there's very few uh, countries or, or who, who areas label, that label regulate. properly. 
the Germans, by the way, are pretty – they're honey nuts, and they, they are very strict about honey. You can always count on German honey to be pretty good. But anyway, the, that, that reason I bring up the anecdote about the ketchup is because that, of the high fructose corn syrup coming off of it. It doesn't come off of the organic stuff, by the way. Nothing comes off. It's just you don't have to keep shaking it. Mm. Is because the honeys that, that have high fructose corn syrup do not they, – they start to separate over time if you don't if you don't mix them up and you can see the corn syrup coming off of it and it's like and it looks horrible by the way because you can have these a lot of honeys like to you know depending on the sugar content they like to harden up into a mass you know so it's kind of like a, a it's like a cream it turns to be like a naturally creamed honey and by the way we have a uh, in port angeles area we there's a honey guy up there who's a complete fanatic about honey and he's the one breeding all the new bees and all the rest of it and he he always lectures you about this stuff there's no reason I'm just kind of passing along his stuff mm-hmm. anyways the stuff separates and you can kind of see it and the, the weird ones are the ones that have that ability to harden up into a solid honey which I I like because it's not such a mess. But the, it'd be like a solid mass at the bottom and then a bunch of weird looking goo at the top. And let's just review um High fructose corn syrup contains mercury and will eventually kill you, correct? Well, I don't think it's the mercury that's going to kill you. And I don't know that it's going to – the thing is it doesn't seem to be uh, – it's not a natural product. Here's the point. It's made at a refinery. Like like oil? (laughs) Like Yes, like like oil. You can find the process for it. What was that? That was my um, – that was what my parents called me with. The bosun's whistle? Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, anyways, it's an unnatural product that that seems to have uh, issues with the the pancreas. It might be responsible for modern days uh, late adult onset diabetes uh, because there seems to be a correlation between the amount of diabetes and the amount of corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup in in the. How does this uh, shit get approved by the FDA, (laughs) and why is it still in our food if it does all this nastiness to you? Well, they just for one thing, they have a propaganda machine that says no, it doesn't do any of this stuff. If you look at the chemical. The chemicals of high fructose corn syrup is nothing more than various sugars that are all over the place and fructose, which is a sugar. So how does this stuff any worse than sugar that's out there already? That's what they would say. That's okay. That's and, what they yeah, got it. And they have a plenty of, you know, and the problem is that you can break, you know, it depends on how you do the analysis. Why don't we just it, use sugar? Well, High fructose corn syrup is subsidized, so it's like one-tenth the price. Uh So all these horrible, you know, these businessmen look at the numbers and they go, well, although I've noticed now that people are starting to switch because they can use sugar as a selling point, which is hilarious if you think about it. Uh, But, they, you know, so much cheaper. In fact, there's a a product up in uh, that we used to buy called Portland Punch. Which was a sugar-based uh, drink made from uh, the lo- the local berries of Oregon. Uh, I think there's a L- Logan berries and Lola berries. There's a bunch of different berries in it. It's but it's like one of the most delicious uh, drink mixes you could buy anywhere. And about a year or two ago, the guy, the CEO, decided to switch the formula into high fructose corn syrup. Now you gotta hear this story. My wife is pissed about this because she hates the stuff. Mm-hmm. So she calls the guy and talks to the CEO. <laughs> Hello, it's Mimi Buzzkill here. And she and, she, and the and the guy has the gall 
Oh, God. To tell her that the FDA now recommends that all sugars be only high fructose oh, corn syrup. Oh, of course they recommend that. And the same no, aspartame lie. is. Oh, that's a total lie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So she calls him on it. And then he backs off. He says, Well, I don't see that there's any difference. And then he goes back. They go back and forth with this apparently heated argument. And then I guess she ended up with her slamming the phone down and never buying the product again. And she should, the, uh, she should do a show, man. Get her on the show. She should do a podcast or a blog or something. Or tweet about it immediately. She won't do any of that. Mimi Buzzkill so, uh, says, I'm never buying that again. So she's, you know, so we can't have the product. And the product does taste different. I mean, sugar does not give you the same flavor profile as high fructose corn syrup does. It's different, and it's, and it's also something disgusting about, you know, you take a, your formula for your product as you've been in business selling for decades, and then you just and you change just, it out of the blue. Just let me just change what's in it to a product that has to go to a refinery. So it's cheaper. So it's cheaper. Yeah. So I can make it cheaper and sell it for the same price. You don't see them lowering the prices on any of these products where they put not. in the cheap crap. No. no. So the, the Australians uh, are doing a lot of interesting reporting, and neither Unilever, Kraft, or Nestle, three of the world's largest food producers, can confirm or deny the use of nanoscale particles uh, or just nanotechnology in their food. So here's what the article discusses. Uh, first of all, uh, there's a lot of uh, nanoparticles uh, on packaging with UV filters to keep out uh, light so that it doesn't you know, turn to shit, which, of course, it really is in the packaging. They've got shirts that don't stain uh, because they've copied the nanostructure of lotus leaves to create water-repelling surfaces. That's kind of cool, actually, but I wouldn't want that against my skin. An ice cream that has lower fat content but the same fatty texture and flavor. It's uh, frightening, this nano stuff, because they're messing with, with, with the deepest, darkest particles, and, and it's, that's like Monsanto-type area, you know, where, have you heard about this in Africa, that uh, all these Monsanto um, crops are not producing seeds and farmers are committing suicide because they're, they're basically dead in the water? Well, that's funny. It's not funny. Well, that's a, that's, that's a twist on their old thing. Well, you know, you're going to use our seeds. Well, I'll tell you what. Hey, check these tomatoes out. No <laughs> seeds. South African farmers suffered millions of dollars in lost income when 82,000 hectares of genetically manipulated corn, maize is what that's called, failed to produce any seeds. The plants look <laughs> lush and healthy from the outside. Monsanto has offered compensation. Uh, but, uh, but so far, uh, several farmers have just uh, committed suicide. They have an 80% crop failure, essentially, and they're, they're dead. They're just completely dead. I mean, can we, can we just understand that you can't mess with food like that? It's just not a good idea. Well, you know, if you go back far enough, I think people would probably call breeding the same kind of a... They probably have the same negative attitude some of the Luddites would. And it's possibly just being a Luddite here. Well, that's always possible. I hadn't considered that. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on Sunday. <laughs> I have to think about so, that uh, one. You better think about it. Or <laughs> the, else. Uh, Larry Silverstein, who's the, of course, uh, famously the developer of One World Center. The One World Center. Come to the One World Center. Um, he bought the World Trade Center uh, towers. Two weeks before 9-11, took out double double insurance on it, got a big payoff, and now he needs uh, financial aid. 
<laughs> Why? Well, I can't build the One World Center without some money from the New World Order. So I think he's asking for uh, a billion. <laughs> There's something shady about this guy. No, no, John. Please, Larry Silverstein. So here's the backstory that I just love. So very few people know that he purchased the World Trade Centers literally a few weeks before, um, uh, before uh, they were brought down. I'll just leave in uh, leave in the middle of how they came down. At that at that time, before the purchase had been completed, the paperwork still had to be signed. He was in a he was hit by a car. He and he was in the hospital with like you know broken. Uh, broken bones, his pelvis was fractured, and he didn't want anyone to know, total news blackout, and he signed the papers uh, almost on his deathbed in, in hospital, and, uh, and of course, the uh, double insurance, which he collected on. It's, of course, there's something shady with this guy. Are you kidding me? How convenient. And now he needs yeah. uh, financial aid for the one world. One world center. I didn't know that he was building that thing. That's funny. Well, it, he has the he has the plot. It's his it's his land. This was it sixteen acres, something like that. Hmm. So um, that's pretty interesting and it's obscure. And I think that's one of the reasons that people should. And I'm going to take a break here. Uh, I don't think you should break. say take a break. I think you should just make it flow. Because when you say okay. take a break, then people go piss. And don't listen to your message. I think they, they're usually pissing during the show. <laughs> In their pants. In the morning. <laughs> anyway, we can use some financial help. Uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA and either uh, donate on a monthly basis or give us a big donation. We'll have a list of $150 100 and, and also $50 donors on Sunday which we'll call out to. And uh, also my son mentioned, and by the way, I did get a, a number of $6.66 uh, donations. <laughs> Highly <opposed> appreciated. <laughs> yeah. I like and then it. We could, by the way, we had one the other day. Was, uh, was we got $20.12, and I'll give a that Oh, that's a good one. Crazy. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah. In the morning. That's good. But any anything it. over fifty bucks, or are we now just down to a two dollar? No, we got donation. a couple. I mean, we 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 still are big donors. The our one friend, and we could use some 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 big donations. And, and but the, my son suggested that China. You know, nobody has given us the Chinese lucky number. You know, the more eights that you have. Oh, eight, eight, eight. Yes, of course. Eight dollars eighty eight cents, or uh, eight hundred and eighty eight dollars <laughs> and eighty eight cents would be ideal. In the you get it in the morning for that. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA if you like uh, this show, because uh, we need uh, to keep doing the show. So as we... Oh, what uh, was the other one? There's another URL? Noagendalibrary.com. Okay. Library or library? Yeah. Library. You know Bill Gates pronounces it library. Library. <laughs> like a three-year-old. Now, a lot of people pronounce it. It's amazing. If you start listening, you'll find a lot of people. There's two words that are always mispronounced. One is library. Yeah. But my favorite and one ask. is. How about ask? How about that being the universally mispronounced word? Ask. It's not axe, people. My favorite one, though, that people constantly mispronounce is uh, zoologist. People pronounce zo it zoologist, zoologist as yeah. if there's three O's in the word. Zoologist. Now, my favorite thing is when you watch a TV, uh, usually a, a, a cop drama. I watched one the other day, and I just cracked up because there's something funny about the cop 
you know, interviewing somebody and they say, well, what do you do for a living? And the person says, I am a zoologist. <laughs> it's like a zoologist Zo is not going to mispronounce their own business. They should have just changed the script. That would have been easier. I'm a zoologist. Oh, really? You work at a zoo? Is that what you're telling me? There's, so. um, well, there's another move here right along those lines of the... Uh, Meat will kill you. The meat issue, that, and this this one's starting to piss me off because you know they can come for my money, they can come for my property, but stay away from my toilet paper. Doctor Alan Hershkowitz, senior scientist and waste expert with the here it comes Natural Resource Defense Council. <laughs> <laughs> The Natural Resource Defense Council has said that fluffy toilet paper is worse for the environment than human beings themselves. What? Yes, millions of trees are harvested throughout the Americas, including rare old-growth forests in Canada, to sustain the United States' obsession with quilted, ultra-soft, multiplied toilet paper. And it must stop. That's interesting that someone would come off the wall with this. Well, if you're the Natural Resource Defense Council, this is what it is, John. This is, this is, we're going to see this every single day. This is how the low-carbon economy gets ushered in. And we're going to have people literally wiping their asses with sandpaper because they think it's going to cool down the earth in the middle of a snowstorm. Use a corn cob, my friend, <laughs> a Monsanto corn cob. Do you know that the uh, the Queen of England used to have, and, and some say she still does, used to have a person to literally wipe her ass? A, a called I a, think that's what Michelle was trying to do in that <laughs> In the morning. It's called the, uh, what is it, the groom of the stool. And, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, the groom, and, and this was a high-ranking official, the groom of the stool, um, you know, so the queen would do her business, and then the groom of the stool would literally wipe her butt. And some say it still happens, but uh... well, it's going to happen if she lives any longer. <laughs> uh, oh, please do not. That's one of the one of the that's one of the few pleasures in life. Is nice toilet what? paper. Nice toilet paper. It's important. Well, you know, it's like in India, you use your left hand. Right, and you never shake. Uh, well, of course, you don't shake. You shake with your right hand, right? Well, you don't. You don't eat. You with don't your eat left with hand. your left hand. You use your left hand. You just keep wiping it off. Then you wash, and then uh, in the Ganges, and then. Um, so, you know, I'm sure I do some Indian. But what are this the? This is not true. What, We've got the toilet paper. But what are the three pebbles for? <laughs> Sorry, Obs obscure Terminator reference. Couldn't help. Um, NASA has, uh, and this is uh, under the category severely underreported news. Uh, NASA has come out with charts and uh, research, and uh, well, the sunspot cycle is behaving a little like a stock market. We right now are at a an, an all time low almost of uh, solar activity, which, of course, is why the global warming trick is kind of tough to pull off because uh, it's cool right now. And it will swing up, obviously, because the solar activity goes up and down. But it's just amazing. They're essentially, once again, a report from NASA saying this is what global warming is about. This is why it happens. And they're just publishing it. It's just out there. 
Ready for everybody well, to view? No, nothing to pay attention to here is what you should be playing. Yeah. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. And that, of course, will be in the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevo.com. Well, and I guess this guy, I think he's Swedish, that came out and says that the whole, he's the world's expert on tide and uh, 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 the you know ocean size and the, you know, the... Ocean. He's an expert on whether the ocean. <laughs> he, he knows a lot about the water. <laughs> I can't come up with what the title He's, is. He might be a zoologist, for all I know. He could be a zoologist. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he says it's a bunch of bull. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he'll have two bullets to the head soon. <laughs> Take him out back, boys. Suicide. Two Next, bullets to the head. But you know, it's so easy. You know, you just fly in America, and it's like the TSA will say, "Hey, you look suspicious. Come here." Oh, he resisted. We had to shoot him. Oh, he took he took <laughs> he took my gun and shot himself twice in the head. Uh, I wonder what happens. That what's going to finally happen to that TSA hero? He uh, got on the flight. How was that resolved? Oh. Is there a story in a newspaper about this bullshit? Um, no, only only online. Obviously, um, I haven't seen any newspaper stories about well, it. That doesn't make any sense because the the online world is just nothing more than derivative of what's in the newspapers. If you yes. listen to these newspaper yes. guys, they, no, yes. there's nothing original ever done by online people. It's all taken from newspapers. Oops. No, that's not true. I have one I for like you. I like that sound effect. That was good. That was me almost spilling the remainder of my tea. Mm. I do have a guy, actually, who did something. Uh, some, <laughs> I love the, I love your little sound effects. Um, see if I can just find this. Uh, guy talked to Rahm Emanuel. Remember we were talking about the uh, the enslavement of our young people uh, with the Give Act? Yeah. And, Shit till it hurts. Yeah, so he went and he interviewed... I just want to find it here. Uh, he interviewed Rahm Emanuel <laughs> about... Uh, uh, why can't I find this? Crap. Don't tell me I've lost it. I just ad lib. Shit. No, because the whole point is he, he went out and he, he did the interview and he recorded it. And I wanted, oh. and I wanted to play it for you. But, oh, uh, good. It's something we can look forward to on Sunday. Yeah, I guess we'll have to do that. Um, so, but just to, to counter your point, there are people who are doing it. Of course, when you listen to the audio, it's it's almost unlistenable. <laughs> you know, it's all kinds of extraneous noise. It's just not professional enough to really to really make it make it yet. But the the information is there, and it's good because Emmanuel is just saying, "Yeah, oh yeah, three months, three months, you'll be sent away." And uh, it's just oh, I'm pissed. Well, I have to play it for you on Sunday. I'm sorry. I so don't uh, know what happened to it? Yeah, no, the professional level or professionalism of. Uh online journalists if you want to call them that or whatever you want to call them it just comes with with experience here it is i got it i found uh, it <laughs> i was so, so hoping for it to be on sunday really uh, you might get a kick out of it go yeah see a little little piece he's done here Smith from the new york daily news and i am podcasting this week from oh, the regency hotel in manhattan where i sat down with congressman Rahm Emanuel. He was at the Regency raising money for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, which he chairs, and uh, is also promoting his new book, which is called The Plan, and which he... Yeah, a tip is, don't make it sound like you're talking out of your anus. ...wrote wrote with Bruce Reed. I meant to ask you about, about the universal service piece of the plan. Can you tell me about it? Like, how, how's this going to work? Are people going to, particularly, are people going to live in barracks? <laughs> 
Uh, universal civil defense training. Uni uh, universal civil defense training is what he calls it. And so, yeah, I think he had it at 18, but we were saying somewhere at the ages of 18 to 25, you will do three months of training. You can do it in between your college. At some point in college, you just do that. Some point in college, unifer universal def defense training. Three mm -hmm. months worth. I'll put it's, it's kind of, the audio is really crappy, but I'll put it uh, put it in the show notes. Why don't you clean it up? Put it through a I'll system. See, yeah, I'll, somebody... I'll see if ah, sometimes it's hard, man. If it gets that digital warble in there, I'll see if I can pull some good stuff from it uh, for Sunday show. You know, just cut the uh, you know cut the lows and the highs and push the mid range and filter it. And of course, uh, send it over to Dolby Labs. <laughs> Dolby. Another obscure reference you didn't get. I didn't get that From at all. Spinal Tap? What about it? Okay, you've seen Spinal Tap? A couple times. So the girlfriend who then weasels in and wants to manage the group, and she's yeah. bitching about the album. She says, oh, you know, it's it, the, the mix was all wrong. She's saying this in a band meeting, because uh, you never should have used Dobbly on, uh, on a rock record. <laughs> Dobbly. <laughs> well, that's like the line in... Uh... In Showgirls, where she says, "I want to get, uh, I want to get uh, some of that Johnny Versace." No, oh, uh, Versace. Or, no, it's Gianni. G Gianni, Gianni Versace. For, Gianni Versace. Everybody. Uh, I do have uh, one. Well, that's just like library and zoologist. Zoologists. Yes, indeed. I have. Um, if you're interested, one more bit there. And now back to real news. The BBC has admitted they were desperately hoping that their entry for the Eurovision Song Contest would suck because they can't afford to host the uh, the next show if they, if they win. <laughs> I love it. Can you imagine a thing with the economy so bad everybody puts up the suckiest crap? God hope you don't win. Oh, I, it's. I, it's such a great show. Unfortunately, Sir Terry Wogan isn't going to be doing the voiceover this year because that's the only reason to watch it is to watch the BBC with Terry Wogan crapping on everybody. And uh, so he's not doing it. He's backed away from it. There are two things we haven't talked about, John, that I think uh, we should mention just for the timeliness of it. One is the firing of the G, uh, General Motors CEO, uh, apparently by the White House. I can just see Ron yeah. Emanuel going over there. Hey, yeah. man. You gotta take a vacation. Yeah, well, of course, it was a twenty million dollar vacation. Don't forget that part of it. I thought it was like thirty-five or something. I thought it was more than. Oh, 20 maybe it was million. more. I thought it was twenty. But, Whatever it but was. What are we? What is the, what the, guy, is the world the guy, coming to? I mean, how how does this work? No, and where where's the reporting on this? How does that work? It was reported. But no, it was, it was reported, reported but, but how, yeah, thank you. How does it work? The president calls him up and says, "Yo, dude, I'm sorry, but why did he have to be fired? Why?" I don't know. But why don't we know doing... this? This is I, do, do you, we spent billions of Times. we spent twenty billion dollars on these companies. I think we have at least the right to know why. Why did he get fired? You know, and just because the guy sucked or he drove the company into the ground doesn't mean that the government has the right to fire somebody. What's next? All right. Well, that's predictable. What's the other items we missed? The. Uh... The journalist fund from uh, the Huffington Post, I think, uh, is worthy of a mention, um, because I think that this is going to be one of the, one of those huge failures. They've uh, there's a fund set up one point seven or one point eight, yeah, one point seven five million dollars. Uh, 
Um, Coming from a number of partners, including the Stable Center for Investigative Journalism. And it's like, again, what is, what's this money going to be used for? Jay Rosen is an advisor to the fund. You know, how does this work? What are they, what is, what are they going to do? They're going to give people like 50 bucks to go out and... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. It's pathetic is what it is. And this Ariana Huffington, I don't like her. She really irks me. She really... I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on it, but I just want to bitch slap her. And it's, maybe it's because everyone fawns over her so much. Ugh. Well, she's something of a of a character because she keeps flip-flopping from one party to another. She'd be a huge Obama fan. She was a, married saw, to some I, guy that ran for governor. She's, I don't even know what she's ever done. I mean, besides being she's, – she's like a high-level version of Paris Hilton in terms of, you know, <laughs> uh, don't you think? But with the perfect face for radio. Yeah, there you have it. Uh-huh. It's, it's like uh, – I don't – why don't, is she – I don't know. What's she, the deal with her? She's – and, and how, how does that thing make, so, make enough money for her to wear all that bling? Where does she get it from? So I think she was just married, married to a multimillionaire. Which I think she took a big settlement when she got divorced. I don't know. Um, we need to look her up on Wikipedia, the only source of literal information ah, yes. in the United States. You probably didn't know that uh, the CEO of uh, PPR, luxury brands firm PPR, was held hostage for two days by uh, people who were let go and, uh, and uh, by employees who wanted higher wages. Did this news make it to Gitmo Nation uh, West? I never heard it. Well, you will be hearing it because, thank goodness, there's a showbiz tie-in, so I can't wait to see it tonight on Entertainment Tonight, everybody! And now, back to real news. Salma Hayek's billionaire husband is held hostage in his car during French credit crunch protests. So luckily, uh, you'll hear that now that Salma Hayek is involved. Huh. <laughs> They're going to start uh, jacking this up. It's it, it's not, you know, the protesters, they were just protesting. It, it didn't look good enough, you know? We need uh, some real, uh, we need some real anger out there. Yeah, I wouldn't think. No, but you watch, they're going to work on it. PETA kills animals. What, oh, yeah, the, well, that story was first, uh, uh, first ex explored by uh, Penn Gillette and his pal... Uh, uh, what's his name? Teller? You know, Teller. Yeah. Uh, on that bullshit show that they do, which is the name of the show, by the way. Yeah. B bullshit show that they do. Sounds like it's a bullshit show, but it's the name is bullshit. It's called bullshit. Yeah. Uh, about two two years ago, they went and they did a, a slam on the uh, PETA people, and they they discussed this thing, and nobody picked up on it. I thought it was you know it was like it was it was it was um, deplorable. And now, what, two and two years later, three years later, there's like news. This has been going on ever since before. So the news is that uh, PETA operates a dog and cat slaughterhouse at its Norfolk, Virginia headquarters. Right. And uh, this is published this is government what they, This is what Penn and Teller talked about, this place, like three years ago. Well, I think I'm going to delve into that because it only just kind of popped up on my radar um, yesterday. And uh, I should look into that. I mean, what's up with that? Do you do you know any details or just the headline like that? No, I don't know any real details. Hmm. <laughs> Since you brought it up, I mean, I haven't even seen the story. 
Oh, right. I saw the thing about PETA because actually somebody blogged it, I think, on my blog, Dvorak.org slash blog. Check it out. And, uh, and go to Dvorak.org slash NA and you'll get more stories like these. Is that smooth enough for you? Very smooth. And then the final story, and of course now I'm worried about these uh, April 1st jokes. This is a translated story from Latvia. That yeah, already suspicious. <laughs> apparently a, uh, a, a chartered ship from the Netherlands arrived at, uh, what would the, Ben uh, Spils port, I guess, in Latvia, with three tons of marijuana. But instead of destroying it, Apparently, and this is the story, they're going to they're going to sell it in drugstores in Latvia. In Latvia, and well, good uh, for them. And if they can't sell it all by uh, the end of May two thousand nine, they'll just give it away. Please, people. I mean, who's going to go in and buy it if you know they're going to be giving it away? I think that's, uh, that does sound like an April Fool's joke. It sounds story. like an April Fool's joke, but I just wanted to mention it. I, I hope to God it's true, because that will be my next uh, holiday destination. Latvia is supposed to be pretty interesting, as is Estonia. Well, um, all of that, yeah, the new Europe is, uh, is uh, stunning. Particularly, and they're happy to see you. <laughs> they're always happy to see you. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, the architecture... Uh, yeah, it, it is kind of beautiful. People should uh, come on over. Well, I guess now is not a good time. No, but it's probably better, still cheaper to go to the uh, the right side of the Adriatic and uh, as opposed to the left side. Go to Croatia. Good, good, fun country. Slovenia, I've been there. It's a beautiful little place. Um, compact. Is that where you write your uh, you write a column for a magazine over there? In Croatia. The Croatia what? Tech Gazette? Bug. <laughs> the bug. Croatia Bug? It's an English yeah, English publication? No, it's in Croatian. It's translated. Really? There are people that can do that. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you write about? International tech issues. <laughs> Cloud computing. <laughs> These people uh, are like still on Abacus. <laughs> You're like, Cloud computing is coming. I can do a column from five years ago, and it's right up to date. No, they're actually more. They're pretty. Uh, that's not true. They're most of these little countries are uh, because of the nature of the internet. They're all on the same page. I, I think what's really being overlooked with a lot of these guys is the fact that their software development going on in Eastern Europe, yeah, it's outstanding, South America, and all over the world that is as good as anything we're doing, and they can't get. They can't get any traction, and Americans are like, you know, well, it's like the Silicon Valley syndrome. You know, they're always told this by the, the venture capitalists. You know, so where's this company that you think is so great? Well, they're in North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina? Is there? Is that a direct flight? No, it's, uh, you have to take a connection. Oh, no, forget uh, it. No, we don't want to go look there. Uh, that might, there might we actually be something good going go on. We don't want to connection. And this, by the way, is a fact. I have been told that the, at some point, especially in the late 90s, and when it began, it hasn't changed, the venture capital people in Silicon Valley will not invest in any company anywhere if there's not a direct flight from San Francisco. If there's a connection involved, Forget it. Well, some of these guys will take their own plane, obviously. But I think, but I think in, your point is is well made. Um, 
And yes, there is <clears throat> astounding work going on. Most of what these guys that wind up doing just to to live is they uh, form little teams. Like we have uh, some guys over there in uh, Romania, and uh, which of course is convenient because they're ten hours uh, earlier than San Francisco, so they do a lot of stuff during the evening. And we we work with them completely by remote. But still, you know, the the real creativity, yeah, it's not really getting out. It's just they they can't get a can't get a break, can't get any money. But there is some astounding work going on, not just uh, in the Eastern uh, European no, countries. No, I've ran into it in Sweden. No. I thought the Swedes had a whole bunch of good ideas. They're very uh, creative. And uh, the problem is their own venture capitalists don't exist. They, no. they call themselves venture capitalists, but all they do is put money in you know, high-interest banking accounts no. and, if they can find them. And, um, and they can't get anybody in the U.S. to be interested because there's more than one you – know, there's, there's no direct flight – and uh, they, you know, had, they know that they, it's like my sequel. They had to actually set up shop in the Bay Area, yeah. you know, to get anywhere. And when they set up shop here, the next thing you know, they were bought by Sun and they made billions of dollars. I mean, you have to. Uh, uh, it's not easy. I think the only guys that may have bypassed that process is Skype. I don't think they ever moved to the U.S. They uh, did it in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's where they set it all up. I think there's. I think their main development may still be there. Uh, shout out to uh, Congressman Ron Paul, H.R. 1207, which is uh, the bill to audit the Federal Reserve, now has 50 co-sponsors. So it's almost doubled since the last time we spoke. Getting 50, I know you say it'll never pass, but 50 co-sponsors is quite a bit. Yeah, it'll never pass A, and it will be it'll be interesting to see if Ron Paul's still alive two years from now. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, Ron Paul has been around for a long time. He's not going anywhere. They're not going to do anything to him because they need someone to call out as the kook. Well, that's, that's true. That's one of the reasons I appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> the love is so mutual. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm severely hurt. And everyone knows now that I've got my Milfy thing going for uh, Bachman. And they send me a picture of her kissing George Bush. Could not be fuller on the lips. It just makes me <laughs> wretch. Well, <laughs> they know how to get to you, oh, this audience. Oh, man. Well, you know. I know how to screw them up. Send them a picture. But, you know, it could be doctored. The whole picture could be a fake. No, it looks pretty you're real. You're being suckered. You're being bamboozled. Well, I still love her to, to bits. I really do. I hope she stays around. But, you know, they're already doing the kook thing with her, so... Once you're labeled a kook, you're safe. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I keep telling Patricia, who is sometimes somewhat concerned. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I would be too if I were her, but for other reasons. Nah, nah, man. Oh, nice. Well, I need to get a drum, a little drum. I'll get a snare drum in here, and I can uh, sit here with the... I can always with do the a... Two, with the two drumsticks just ready to go. <laughs> In the morning. And now, back to real <laughs> Dr. Don Miller used to do that. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's why I have the uh, the final tune running. Uh, Sunday as per usual, sir? Seems so. Okay. And in the meantime, uh, if you got nothing better to do, check out noagendastream.com because I'm working real hard on it. Uh, I, I probably spent... I'm probably working 18 hours a day lately because I spend so much time hacking the stream stuff together. And, of course, I'm not at all. You know, every CEO of a company that has any type of engineering 
should try it once or twice. Just go ahead and try it. Try and put something together. So you, you get a deep appreciation of what goes into this stuff. It's not like it's really hard, necessarily, because it's like learning French, I guess, another language. But there's so much you got to think of, and you can program yourself into a box, and ugh. And you get a new appreciation what what those people are doing when you, when you yell at. Them. Not that I do that, but I know lots of CEOs who are uh, not uh, cognizant of what it. It's 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 like creative writing. You know, it's not an exact science. You can approach things from multiple directions. It's like painting. Would you agree? I. Uh... Whatever you say. Now, see, that's exact. That's, this is what Mimi and I are talking about when we're saying that you're just rude, and we really feel you need an attitude adjustment. Is <laughs> this rude? I just, I was, I was agree. I couldn't have agreed with you more. No, but to say, but to say, else. whatever you say, and that's horrible. And that's, I didn't that's go, real, that's, whatever you say. <laughs> I just said. Now you sound like my daughter. I didn't say it like that. <laughs> I didn't. You're like, you know, you're, I can see why she has issues with you. Whatever you say. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll try that on my wife tonight. See how she responds. It's just like, oh, whatever you say. Whatever. It's like the rudest thing you can say. Oh, well, okay. I'm a, I'm a sorry person then. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Coming to you from the Crackpot Command Center in the southwest quadrant of London in Gitmo Nation East. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John. Whatever you say... Dvorak up here in northern Silicon Valley, the place that doesn't exist, and that's also known as Gitmo Nation West. We will talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.